0: Good afternoon,
1: everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Mewers, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where together we explore how young people are using their ideas, their creativity, and that passion to shape a better world and how educators are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. You know. This show is really about providing young people an opportunity to share their stories, how they're affecting change in their communities, the challenges, the lessons they're learning, and that passion they have for, t- for making the world a better place. And we want to hear from our adults, right? We want to hear and learn about how we're supporting young people, whether that's in school, after school spaces, from other nonprofits, and of course, from our government agencies. So until today's episode we're going to take a deep dive into civic education so we know in order for real change to happen, we need to engage in our democracy, right? We need to get out. We need to vote. We need to share our thoughts and ideas with our public officials. We have to engage in the civic process. So today, I'm excited for us to hear from four young leaders. We have Abby and Sawyer, who are both seniors at Breck High School. We have Izzy, who's a senior at Edina High School, and Erin, who's also a senior. We have four seniors um, from Wayzata High School. And joining them, I'm very excited and honored to um, have on the show today, the 22nd Minnesota Secretary of State, um, Steve Simon. So Secretary Simon was sworn in on January 5th, 2015. And as the Secretary of State, he partners with cities, county officials to organize elections on behalf of the state of Minnesota. There's um, nearly 4 million eligible voters. And so he has to make sure our elections are fair and equitable. Um, He also oversees um, a wide range of services um, around business and administration. Administers a safe at home address confidentiality program for people um, whose personal safety is at risk um, often because of threats they're facing. So he has a lot on his plate. So we're very honored that he's with us tonight. Um, So I just want to welcome all of you to the show. And thank you so much for being here. And I'm just going to dive in and we'll start with you, Secretary Simon. Can you share a little bit of your background with us kind of your work and experiences that led you um, to the office that you hold?
2: Absolutely. And I want to first thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity, not just to have a conversation, but to hear from the young people who are so active and involved. I'm impressed, I have to say. Um, So as you said in the introduction, um, my job is focused on uh, elections and voting and democracy. I like to say I'm in the democracy business. It's a very interesting time to be in the democracy business, but a healthy democracy depends on people being civically engaged, at least engaged enough uh, to go out and and to vote when the time comes. And one of the reasons I'm so encouraged by you having this uh, conversation that we're having now is I think it's really important for young people to think of themselves as voters even before they are voters. And I know we're going to get that into that a little bit later, but I think that's an important part here. In terms of my experiences, before I was Secretary of State of Minnesota, I was in the Minnesota House of Representatives for 10 years. I chaired the elections committee. But before that, if you wanna go way back, to me, um, you know, I think it, democracy issues are connected to all other issues. No matter what issue you care about the most, environmental protection, schools, roads, healthcare, anything else, all roads lead to the ballot box. And it's important if you want to get things done in those areas that you get people into office who share your views and values. And you're not going to get that unless we have elections that work, that are fair and accurate and honest and secure. And so my initial interest in all of this came when I was really a little kid in elementary school, when I was just interested in current events. Nobody pushed it. Nobody made me watch the news. I was just sort of interested in headlines, what was going on. It could be a flood. It could be a war. It could be a famine. It could be anything. It could be an election. And over time, just as a kid looking at the newspaper on the kitchen table, uh, I started to develop kind of a rooting interest in what the headline would be the next day or the next week or the next month. It seemed like a natural extension of, of my interest in what was going on. Well, what should be going on? And that led to uh, an interest in you know political campaigns and civic engagement and so forth. So that's really where it started. But uh, ultimately, I think we're all on the same page here. It doesn't matter what your political views are, where you sit or stand on a particular issue. What's important is that people get engaged. And in Minnesota, if I may brag, in 2020, for the third time in a row, We were number one in America in voter turnout. Nearly 80% voted. That's extraordinary. And I don't think it's an accident. I think it has to do with um, good laws and a good culture around civic engagement. But I'm interested in hearing from young folks, all from Minnesota here, about what they think the uh, ingredients are that work and maybe don't work.
1: Thank you for sharing that. And I love that your story started when you were in elementary school. Um, you know, not have it. I, I'm really interested to hear from from our young people as well. So we'll let them introduce themselves. But yeah, that that connection to news. And so how that plays into um, our understanding and engagement in community, I think, is a really interesting question. So. Um, I want to hear from each of our young people, um, love for you to introduce yourselves. Um, so let's start with you, Abby, you want to share a little bit about you?
3: Yeah. So, um, like Amy said, my name's Abby. Um, I'm a senior at Breck and in the fall I'll be attending Bassar college in New York, but yeah, I'm excited. But, um, for now I love, I'm on the swim team at school. I'm on the track team. Um, and I also have gotten involved in some of our community partnerships and volunteering at Breck. And that's kind of how I got into the whole voting world of things, but, um,
1: we'll get into that a little bit later, but yeah, it's kind of me, it's my interests. Wonderful. And can I share Abby that your voice is a little scratchy because you're coaching swimming and, and, um, had a, had a um had some coaching um that you did yesterday that led to a little bit of a of a scratchy voice.
3: <laughs> yeah, sorry. It was it was a rough night on the board last night, but
1: so we're making it work. We're glad you're here. Thank you. So, how about you? Can you share a little bit about yourself?
4: Yeah, for sure. Um I'm also a senior at Breck School like you said before. Um I'm a captain of the Nordic ski team and the club frisbee team. I also love to spend time outside, and that's really what got me involved in advocacy and civic engagement because I was really interested in the environmental movement um, back in elementary and middle school. And then from then on, just kind of started paying more attention to the news, and I was an election judge in 2021, and eventually I uh, started this project with Abby called Voterama at our school, which is a student civic engagement initiative, and which we'll talk about a little more later. Uh, But I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Izzy, how about you? Hi. So, yeah,
5: um, like Amy said, I'm also a senior in high school. Um, In my free time, I spend a lot of my free time um, working on things for my school newspaper. Um, I'm the design editor and I also write a lot of articles. So, I think I sort of share that interest in current events, um, like a lot of you guys were talking about. And then I also work with um, a lot of local organizations um, in my community. And that's sort of how I got involved with um, encouraging more youth to vote. Um, I'm in the environmental club at my school and um, I work with League of Women Voters and OutFront as well. Sounds like
1: we have some, some environmental um action-oriented young people joining us today. Thanks, Izzy. And last but certainly not least, Erin, how about you?
6: Hi, uh, I'm Erin uh, Citrin. I'm a senior at YZA. and in my free time, uh, I'm a captain of my school's creative writing club. Uh, so I'm also a writer, but different kind. I like poetry. I also have been an election judge. I did. I was an election judge in 2020 and 2021. I'm also involved with the League of Women Voters, which is a lot of fun, and I guess we'll talk about that later.
1: And yeah, that's me. That's awesome. So lots of captains, too. I think each one of you has captain in your title. That's, that's wonderful. Um, so I want to dig in and um, and hear a little bit from our students about their experiences in civic education. So um, I'd love to hear what you've learned in school and what you're doing in your communities. So um, Abby, how about we start with you? Can you share a little bit about your experience in civic education?
3: Yeah, um, so for me, I was also a student election judge just to add to the group uh, in 2020 for the presidential election. and. What I realized after that experience is in school, I had been taught the three branches of government and how laws are made and in that side of the government. But what I wasn't taught was how to vote, how to go to the polls, how to register to vote. And through being an election judge, I learned that. And I don't think I would have learned that at school if I hadn't signed up um, to volunteer at the polls. And so when I came back from that experience, I wanted to bring that to my school because I noticed the gap and I knew that. If kids knew how to vote in high school or started learning about it in middle school, they would more there would be a higher chance that they'd go out and vote in the polls when they did turn 18 instead of um, waiting until they're older. And so that's what I wanted to bring. And I noticed that gap in my own school. And so that's kind of what encouraged me or inspired me to start thinking about ways that voter education could start in curriculum, in classes, in history classes, in civic education, instead of just focusing on the three branches of government and in laws and things like that.
1: I love that because, yeah, when you connect it to what you're learning in school, yeah, it goes beyond just learning about, but how to engage in. So I really appreciate that. And yeah, election judging, um, we'll ha- we'll learn more about that. But yeah, um, that's that's wonderful. Um, I love the fact that you guys were all election judges as well. We do have to take a quick pause, um, but when we return, we're going to continue our conversation. We're going to hear more from our student leaders and the Minnesota Secretary of State, Steve Simon. So stay with us on the Power of Young People to Change the World, Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Visit nylc.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muir's. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back,
1: everyone. Um, If you're just joining us today, we have a full house. We have um, seniors, Izzy, Aaron, Sawyer, and Abby, and joining them is the Minnesota Secretary of State, Steve Simon, so welcome back to the show, everyone. Um, I want to just jump um, back in, and we were just starting to talk about um, Abby was sharing um, how she was engaging civically and and noticed a gap in her school um, between learning about the um, the branches of government and then engaging and what what it was like to um, to become an election judge. And so Sawyer, I want to ask you. Basically the same question. Like, um what um is your what has been your experience around civic engagement um and civic education, kind of what you learned in school and um what has led you or what you're doing in your community.
4: Yeah, so kind of echoing what Abby and Secretary Simon were saying earlier, I had really that basic level of education, learning about how the government works, but after that I didn't really have classes that were teaching me what was happening in currently. And so a lot of my learning came from outside of school, just personal interest in current events and politics. And I always thought it was something that was really important. And I always thought it was something that was pretty strange that we didn't talk about in school as much. So when Abby came to me with this idea for a voter, uh, for a civic engagement initiative at our school, I was really excited. So this is the first year that we've kind of started up. We've got a group of about 10 students who are all working together. Um, Some of the projects we've worked on, we've talked to younger students, freshmen and sophomores, um, like firstly, just about how the government works in some specific current events cases um, and talking about how to get involved, what it means to vote and why it's important. And then also right now we're working on an initiative to make sure that every senior knows how they're going to vote next year, no matter where they are, whether it's in Minnesota, another state or in another country, just making sure that they have a plan so next year when the midterm elections come around, they're prepared and ready to vote.
1: That's so important, right? Like that, especially that first year, whether you're, you know, staying home and um, going to community, community college or if you're going off to college in a different state or um, going to work or intern in a different um, different community a different state like yeah how how do you um, stay engaged and make sure that your vote you cast your vote and it gets counted that's that's an amazing initiative. Um, thanks for sharing that Sawyer. Izzy, how about you kind of where did where did your civic engagement start and you know what are you doing?
5: So similarly to Sawyer and Abby, I've also um, election judged before, and I noticed a similar thing at my school where I think a lot of students lacked voter info. But um, I think like further than that, during the pandemic um, especially, I just sort of realized with local politics, students weren't really connected to their elected officials, especially people um, in the school board and city council. Um, even though those officials really have the most impact on students' lives, um, and even though a lot of students don't, um, have the opportunity to vote. Um, so one of the things I worked on this year, um, was moderating a school board forum specifically for students, because I really just wanted to connect, um, younger people in the community with their elected officials, um, So I think just from doing that, I learned a lot about the nuances of sort of local issues in my community um, and definitely more about how local elections directly impact people. Mm. Um, I think like a lot of um, young people when they're voting can feel sort of disconnected from the actual result. So I think it's really important that when we're looking to elect people, we're really telling them what our priorities are and what we want out of our elected officials.
1: I think we just have the soundbite, right? Like why you should get out and vote. And I know we talk about the presidential elections, but Izzy, thank you so much for bringing it down to the local level. Like, you know, when we're talking about change and we're talking about wanting to impact what's happening in our communities, yeah, it is it's those school board elections. It's the local city elections. It's not, you know, it's more than just that, you know, presidential election that um, where we get the big turnouts. So thank you for that. Erin, how about you? You want to share your experience around civic engagement with us? I think I'll sound
6: a bit like a broken record. I was <laughs> I started as an election judge. Uh, my story was that I was 17 in 2020, and I was really bummed I couldn't vote. I was like, oh, I'm so close. But I wanted to get involved anyway, so uh, I went out. I was a student election judge, and I had such a good time seeing the process that I, I did it again the next year. But a conversation about that... Led to me getting connected with the League of Women Voters, uh, through which I've, uh, I, on a registration day uh, sometime in October, uh, we, me and one other girl who is also in the League of Women Voters for my high school, helped run a registration event to get uh, some people who are 18 in my school to register to vote. And I also helped run a uh, the school board candidate forum Mm. for a school district near me, which also led me to be really interested in local government because as much as uh, like we hear a lot about federal government and maybe state government in our schools, we don't really talk about local government, which isn't anyone's fault. It's hard to learn about it because it's, it's hard to make a curriculum because local government it varies so much, but I still think it's important that young people learn about it. So, uh, for my National Honor Society senior project, I'm holding ai call it a youth engagement panel. I invited uh, some representatives and experts to come and talk about how to get how to get young people engaged. And I think one of the big things I learned from that is they listen. Mm-hmm. just reaching out and saying hey i'm a high schooler i'm trying to make a difference uh can you listen to me and they usually do especially local government and state government because as they're not in the spotlight a lot they are willing to they have the ability to listen so i think it's important that young people get involved at any level because People, people do listen, and you're not powerless if you're trying to make a change.
1: Thank you, Erin. Um, I think it's absolutely amazing the work that each of you is doing to educate other young people, um, and also um, I was hearing um, a, kinda, a common theme around your own um, curiosity around current events and, and politics and how that has really... Um, really led you into these spaces. And so Secretary Simon, I mean, four amazing young people who are really um, helping educate other young people about how to engage in our democracy. I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to um, the importance of civic education and the engagement of young people and how your office is really supporting this work.
2: Yeah, well, absolutely. My response to Abby Sawyer is Aaron is I wish I could bottle what they're saying or the vibe they're giving <laughs> out here and sort of get it all uh, over Minnesota and this country. I, I think it's great. And they're really onto something here. First, thanks to all of them who have been election judges, you know, that's a really great opportunity for young people to demonstrate leadership, to get great experience, um, visibility, exposure to democracy and how it really, really works. And I totally agree with this idea that civic education isn't just about learning the three branches of government or how a bill becomes a law. Voting is so central to it. And voter education can be really simple. And let me give you an example of what our office does. So starting in 2016, we started something called Students Vote it's basically a mock election program for students all across Minnesota. We started with high schools, but now it's in junior high and middle schools and elementary schools. And the idea is that we just focus on one office, typically either the governor's race or the presidential race, and we have schools do a mock election. And what comes out of that is fascinating. First of all, as I said earlier, the the more you can get young people thinking about themselves as voters, even before they are voters or eligible to be voters, the better. Because if a a young person votes that first time that they're eligible at 18, 19, 20, 21, it's far more likely that they're going to make it a lifelong habit. So that's a really good thing. What we learned through this process is fascinating. For example, and this may seem totally basic, but it was really interesting to me, We got a lot of comments from students, from teachers, from administrators saying that students were amazed by how easy it was. (laughs) They thought it was gonna be a lot more complicated. Some students would say things like, wow, all I have to do is fill in an oval, just like a standardized test. I thought there was spelling involved. I thought I was gonna have to be like writing stuff. Um, Those things that those of us who have voted for a while take for granted, a young person might not know that. No one's ever told them that. So going through that exercise um, is, a, is a really, really useful thing. And I, um, it's not just about the mock election. It's other things as well. But I, I think I have a view, too, about um, voting. I'll be quick here. But I think too often appeals about voting, particularly appeals to young people, are focused sort of on the good deed aspect mm-hmm. of voting. Like, hey, yes. you should vote because it's a selfless thing to do. You should vote because people fought and bled and died for the right to vote. And those are that's true. We should never ditch those as reasons to vote. But increasingly, I think we also have to say, hey, you know what else? It's in your interest to vote. This is not a blood drive. We're not asking you to do this selfless act for somebody else. We're asking you to do something for you. It's in your interest to do that. And I think more and more people are discovering that.
1: Absolutely. And when when you're talking about that, it made me think about, well, one, I remember participating in a mock election in junior high school um, and knowing like, yeah, walking away going, well, that was easy. Right. Like I, I distinctly remember doing that um, and then having those opportunities um, for young people to to engage as um, uh Uh, um, sorry, election judges. Um, My daughter did that as well. So she could be sitting here. um, But, you know, it helps ease that, um, that tension we all get when we when we when we're about to try something new, right? You know, that scary factor. Um, Because if you didn't go to the polls with your parents or your guardians, when you were younger, there is kind of this mystique around it. And I also love how you talk about it, you know, it is something, you know, to do because we have the, the right and obligation to do it. But it is also like I have something that I want to see, and I get to choose the people who will help make that happen so as we're talking about climate action or you're talking about you know the the issues that are relevant to your community you get to put your your trust in your in vote for the people who will help move that forward and like was said by many of the young people here today local like elected officials want to hear from you they want it they will listen they want to hear what um, what you care about and what issues um, you want to see them take action on so thank you all for sharing we do have to take another break <laughs> so when we come back we're just going to continue this amazing conversation with today's guests. so stay with us on the power of young people to change the world we'll be right back
0: Visit nylc.org to learn more today.
3: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirz. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show.
1: So we're back, everyone, and we are talking about civic engagement, specifically around voter, um, voter, voting engagement. And, um, I want to talk to Abby and Sawyer, who, um, have talked a little bit about their experiences as election judges. And so I really like to learn more about that and how those experiences have impacted kind of how you think about voting, volunteering and service to community beyond um, voting. So Abby, I'm going to throw that over to you. <laughs> um,
3: yeah. So just to start out, I feel like we've talked a lot about election judging, but for those of the listeners that don't know what an election judge is, an election judge is usually a volunteer. In Minneapolis, you can be paid for it, but it is a volunteer who goes to the polls all day. So they're there at 630 and they work the polls. So they're the ones checking voters in. They're the ones handing out ballots. Um, they get to hand out the stickers at the end. Uh, best job <laughs> ever. That's, that's the best part of the day. But um Yeah, so they're the ones essentially running the elections for the country. Um, And so my experience with it is I was originally an election judge in 2020, and I heard about it through school and I signed up because I was so frustrated I couldn't vote. And so this was my way of getting involved. And I would say to any young listeners out there, high school students, do it. If you have the opportunity to go be a student election judge, sign up because it is probably This year I did it again. And it was, I was looking forward to election day for the two weeks before. I was excited because you get to see the community you live in get involved. And it's, it's a fun environment to be in. Um, When I first did it in 2020, it was in the midst of COVID and I was nervous. I didn't know how it was going to go, but that was probably the most people I had seen since quarantine. And it was so fun to interact with people and people were excited to be voting. And so it was such a positive experience. Um, and there's just, you get to see so many people that it's all types of people like that is, I keep saying that, but that's my favorite part. It's <laughs> all the people you get to talk to all the people you get to meet this year. I worked as a poll book specialist. So I was checking voters in um, and just, Like you meet so many people and it's a really good way to see your community get engaged and be involved and meet people. And so I would highly recommend it to anyone who's thinking about it or hasn't thought about it before.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Abby. So we just did a promo. Everybody should get out and volunteer, right? <laughs> Sign up to be an election judge. Um, we need, we need people to do that. So thanks for sharing that, um, Abby. So you how about you? How have these experiences really impacted how you think about voting or volunteering and serving in your community?
4: Um, well, for me, I think it totally demystified the democratic process. You know, like Abby said, like you see that it's really your members of your community who are making these elections happen. And a lot of times elections are put up on this pedestal as like the pinnacle of like a democratic ideal, which they are, but it's at the same time, it's really run by the people, which I think is just really interesting and made me more excited to be involved with the process because it made it feel much more accessible to me. Um, And at the same time, just like Abby said, uh, it may seem like kind of business at first, because you going through all this training and it is serious because you want to have these mm-hmm. elections run as smoothly as they can and really be secure um and so when you're going through the trainings it does seem very serious and that's because it is but at the same time when you get there and you're around all the people everyone's excited to vote everyone's coming together and it's really a fun environment i highly recommend it to anybody
1: that's awesome thanks sawyer so Izzy and Aaron, you've had the opportunity to be, to be a part of the League of Women Voters. Um, and so I would love to hear from you guys, like what, what you've learned, the skills that you've developed um, because of the experiences that you've had. So Izzy, um, could you share a little bit about that?
5: Yeah, so um, what's interesting about my local chapter of League of Women Voters is they actually have a student board member position And I've had the really awesome opportunity of being the student board member for actually, I think since 10th grade. So I think that's just taught me a lot um, about sort of local issues and the effort that people in local organizations put into um, doing the work that they do. And I think League of Women Voters does some really incredible work, especially with voter information They um, host a lot of forums and um, their meetings are very informative for a lot of the local public. And that's sort of what um, gave me the idea to plan a forum as well. And that alone just taught me a lot about how hard it is to sort of plan an event like that and the Mm -hmm. logistics behind it. So it definitely gave me a lot of respect for the people that do that kind of work a lot. Um, And then I think also I sort of touched on this earlier, but um, working with League of Women Voters definitely taught me more about how important it is to be like actively involved in local politics. Um, I feel like the school board members in my community are probably sick of me at this point uh, because I've gone to meetings and stuff um, just from this experience because I want to know what's going on. And, um, it's interesting to see because people will definitely listen to what you have to say, even if you're younger. Um, not many people showed up in person to my forum, but a lot of people watched it online. So that was really cool to see.
1: Well, it's a, um, you know, to be able to organize and bring people together so that they have the opportunity to hear and share. Yeah. The, um, talk about skill building and um, an appreciation. And I love that we're always coming back to the local, um, that you guys keep bringing it back there. It's, um, that's really, again, where where we can start to really see change and to have our voices heard and to, um, to be able to take the take steps forward. So thank you for sharing, Izzy. Erin, how about you? Skills, experiences um, that have that have helped you because of the work that you're doing um, in civic engagement?
6: I think much like Izzy, uh, I've uh, been able to uh, experience local government, which has been a really great experience. Um, but also I think the greatest things I've gotten from the League of Women Voters has been connection with people Mm -hmm. Uh, both my or I guess it's all my community my uh, local chapter has had um, a lot of instances where we get together or a Zoom to just uh, either just uh, League meetings or I attended a parade but or yeah I attended two parades with the League And I was able to meet other women in the league. And I guess men too. Yeah, I met members of the league to just get together and uh, spread the word about the importance of voting. And that was a really great experience because they're all people who really care. Mm
0: -hmm. And
6: I think I thought I wouldn't be able to get out like that to find other people like that, which has been a great experience. And I've also connected with my high school regarding voting. Like I said, I am mm-hmm. organized a registration event to get young people to vote, and I think organizing it has was a pretty simple process, but really connecting with people was the hard part. And I I, I think I was pretty successful. I'm sure I got at least a few people to vote, and that's what matters. But yeah. it's hard to connect with young people, and I think it's important that they just learn that it's not so daunting to uh, get involved.
1: Absolutely, yeah. That um, that community that com- community connection, community is also students and and um, the people in your school that you're connecting with, the school boards. That's great. So, Secretary Simon, we're hearing what's working, right? Like, we've heard some really great stories about what's working. What are some of the challenges that you see um, that we're facing advancing civic engagement um, in our young people in Minnesota? And kind of what should we be doing in schools, in our after school programs, in local government to ensure that our students are participating in our democracy?
2: Well, notwithstanding these four great stories of young people who got the message and are doing great things, there are a number of challenges that come to mind for me. One is that in most places in this country, and certainly in the state of Minnesota, there is no civics requirement for high school Mm -hmm. students. You might have learned in elementary school, done a refresher in junior high on some aspects of civic engagement and civic life, but really it's sort of left behind in most instances there. So it's up to self-starters like the four that we're listening to here to, to do that work sometimes. Um, the, the other thing I would say as to voting in particular is you know, when it comes to young people, my observation is that in Minnesota, there are um, some ways that, that aspects of voting is unnecessarily shrouded in, in kind of mystery. Take voter registration, for example what a weird term for what that is, voter registration, when you really think about it. uh, I mean, it sounds sort of ominous. It sounds governmenty. It sounds, uh, but really all voter registration is, is the person has to somehow show that they are who they say they are and they live where they say they live. And you can do that in a number of ways. Yes, with a photo ID, but a number of other ways as well. That's all that voter registration means. And in the state of Minnesota, you can do that on game day, on election day. You don't have to do it beforehand, although you can and many people do. One other uh, barrier or challenge that I wanted to identify um, that I've observed in young people is I sometimes, when it comes to voting, I hear an argument like this. Uh, Someone will say, well, look, you know, I would vote, but I feel kind of bad. There are like 20 contests on that ballot. I have strong opinions on two or three of them, but I have no idea what a county commissioner even is, let alone who these seven candidates are. So I'm going to stay away because I sort of don't feel qualified to vote. I'd be guessing. I'd be filling in the blanks or the ovals of the cool sounding name. I don't want to do that. Um, And my response to that is simple and direct, which is don't worry about any of that. If all you have is an opinion on one or two offices out of 20 or however many, then vote for those and then leave. It's a secret ballot. After all, no one's going to know unless you tell someone. And moreover, someday you will have opinions on all those things. But until then, don't psych yourself out. Don't let your perceived you know, gaps in knowledge prevent you from voting for the one, two, or three things you do know. So if you have an opinion on President of the United States and school board, because you know a neighbor or a friend who's running for school board, vote for those two and call it a day. Don't beat yourself up. Don't think you're um, not setting it a good example. Don't think you are somehow you know, breaching some duty. You're not at all. So vote when you can for what you can and what you know. And don't sweat for a minute the idea that you're leaving stuff blank. That'll come in time, but just get out there and vote.
1: So what I'm hearing is, is even though it's a, it looks like a bubble test, it's not a test. You can't fail it. Right. And, <laughs> you don't right. have and to, to fill in every oval. <laughs>
2: that's right. To that point, thank you for mentioning that, because sometimes I'll get young folks who say, Oh, I thought that my ballot would be spoiled if I don't vote in every contest. Uh-huh. No, not at all. It's not like that. You vote; it just it won't be counted. Obviously, I mean, you, you, for those offices. But if you vote on two contests or three out of the seventeen on the ballot, so be it. Your That's ballot wonderful. is perfectly valid.
1: <laughs> those are those are good good words of advice. Thank you. Um, we do have to take one last short break, and then when we come back, we're going to get some final reflections from our guests today. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. And remember, you can follow the show on social media at nylc.org or find us at nylc.org. We'll be right back.
0: LC.org to learn more today.
3: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are listening to the power of young people to change the world with Amy Muir's. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. We just have a few minutes left with our guests
1: today, and they've shared some amazing insights into engaging in our democracy and. I would just really love to hear from our youth leaders if you could share, you know, what you would like other young people to know about not only the importance of voting but other forms of civic engagement. Like what would you say to convince young people to engage in their communities? Um Abby, I'm going to start with you.
3: Um I would tell other young people and I think Secretary Simon touched on this a little bit, but Voting directly impacts your life. It changes if you have an issue in your mind that you're passionate about. Voting is directly involved in that. And so to not vote is to do yourself a disservice. And right now across the country, there's such an uptick in voter disenfranchisement and bills being passed. And so the only way to combat that is to still go out and vote because it's your future it impacts your life. It's not, it's not the 40 and 50 year olds. It is their life, but it's, it's yours too. And so it's, it's your place to go and vote. And so you should go and do that as soon as you are able.
1: Very well said. Very well said. Um, Sawyer, what you, same question. What would you say to young people listening?
4: Yeah, I totally agree with Abby. You know, voting is super important. It's also really easy and I'd say with all these bills that we see being passed that are restricting the right to vote, voting now, while it is still easy, especially in Minnesota, but all across the country, um, is really important. And then also, I hear a lot of young people saying like that they're worried that their vote is really not going to matter because it's such a small act. And to that, I'd say that, first of all, it really does. And it takes people voting to make change. But also, if you're really worried and you want to do more, there are other options like Um, engaging in advocacy, talking to your local leaders, like Mm. other people have mentioned lately. And then once you get older, running for office and getting involved personally, I think is really accessible and it's really important. I'm giving you snaps on that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, step into this space, right? Like tackle um, and be willing to take on the positions, Um, you know, put yourself out there. Um, We need people stepping in and wanting to be on, an elected official, thanks Sawyer. Um, Izzy, how about you? You have some final reflections you want to share with young people?
5: So, as I think um, Abby and Sawyer mentions, since there's so many laws like being passed, um, especially lately that affect youth, um, especially LGBTQ plus youth, I think a form of civic engagement that youth might not really even think about is just staying informed about what's going on. Um, and I think that, um, that's really important. Um, and I'd like youth to know just that, um, even though you can feel disheartened, um, especially since, uh, youth don't always, don't always have a lot of like poll with elected officials. Um, we have power in numbers and if you want something to change, it's not going to be easy, but, um, you can, um, always make a difference, um especially um, if you really try to talk to people in your community and if it's, it's an issue at your school talking to your administration. Um, and it's important to never feel intimidated by people just because they're in positions of power and to speak your mind. And I think there's a lot of um, really cool examples of young people who are doing that. So I'm often inspired by what other people are doing. And you can always look to others um, nearby if you need some courage.
1: Well said, well said. Erin, you have the hard spot. So <laughs> going forth um, with uh, uh, after hearing Abby, Sawyer, and Izzy, what would you share? What are your, your thoughts and, and insights for young people who wanna, who want to get engaged? What would you say to inspire them?
6: I totally agree with the others. Voting is so important, but beyond voting, I mean, young people might want to get involved even before they're 18. And to that, I'd say uh, there are ways to get involved. Uh, Like I said before, a lot of your um, representatives are willing to listen. So contact them or before election, you can show your support for candidates you connect with or, uh, Yeah. And the League of Women Voters isn't the only group you can join when you're young to make a difference. There are all sorts of them out there. And even if it's just one issue that you feel really passionately about, it's worth it to do something, be it writing letters or emails or joining a group. So it's so easy to feel powerless, but you're not, no matter how young you are. And I think that's important for young people to understand.
1: Thanks, Aaron, Secretary Simon, I want to open the floor to you um, and get, get your final reflections and wisdom um, from what you've heard today from these young people and, and what you want people to walk away with.
2: Well, I hope that among these four is someone who's someday willing to run for Secretary of State. That's what I say to that. Um, snaps certainly, to
1: that too. <laughs> right, they're certainly
2: plugged in enough. Uh, you know, Obviously, given my job as Secretary of State, my particular focus is voting as one form of civic engagement. But as others have said, there are other forms. Uh, there are other ways to make change to get desired outcomes. But certainly everyone would agree that voting is a really, really big one and probably the biggest and i think more young people are starting to realize that you see this nationwide where voting among young people let's say broadly speaking 18 to 29 let's say that's that's a big range i realize but it's up in huge numbers over the last few years i think people there's an awakening out there about um, that tie-in between desired results and outcomes and actually showing up to to vote um I want to address something that was embedded in a couple of the comments um, from, from uh, the young folks on this, on this show, and that was this idea that some people don't vote or don't show an interest in voting in the future because they're just not bought into the system. Maybe they're cynical. Maybe they think, look, nothing changes. You're in, you out. We vote for candidates. They promise the moon and nothing happens. And, and their way of reacting to that is almost as, as a way of making a statement you know, withholding their participation from that process because it's not for them or they don't see any utility or use in it. My response to that um, is uh, best found on a T-shirt I saw a few years ago, and it really spoke to me. And the T-shirt said, failure to vote is not an act of rebellion, it's an act of surrender. I like that. The idea that, look, you may think you're striking some blow for some cause by staying away from the polling place. You're really not. You're giving up. You're giving up your power. Your vote is your voice, but it's also your power, and you're giving it up, and someone else is going to use it, and you're not. So you're almost doubling their power. So I, I guess that's what I would say. We don't need to convince the the, the four um, student leaders on this call, but there are a lot of others who need to be convinced of that. I'm am a, a long term optimist um, because I think we're headed in that direction. But I'm really encouraged by what I'm hearing today and the leadership exhibited by um, all the students on this call.
1: Wonderful! I love that. So everyone listening share the message don't give up your power get out and vote um you know become those elected ju- election judges um, volunteer engage in your community go to those school board meetings you know hang out um have those conversations our politicians want to hear from us they want us to engage I want to thank each of you for joining me today. Um, your thoughts your wisdom your passion for civic engagement and voter um, and voting for all the hard work that you're doing in your schools and your communities for our state um, I hope that everyone listening is inspired and gets involved and again, Keep, you know, use your power and get out and vote. Um, If you didn't catch the full show today or you want to hear last week's show, make sure you check us out um, on our podcast, just The Power of Young People to Change the World. You can download it anywhere and um, you can still register for our National Service Learning Conference. So check us out at NYLC.org. We want to see you next week or on April 27th virtually. And... We won't have a live broadcast next week, but we'll be back on April 28th with young leaders from the Community Enrichment Project. So mark your calendars for Thursdays at six o'clock Eastern. And remember, until next time, please join us as we serve, learn, change the world.
0: We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. Your host, Amy Muirs will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time and 6 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together we'll serve, learn, change the world.